you are listening to the Spiritual Warrior Coach with Barbara Sabin, the podcast for discovering how powerful your wisdom, compassion, and courage is. Get ready to join Barbara and her guests as they explore and offer you advice on how to reclaim your power, your energy, and your authentic self. And now, here's the host of the show, Barbara Sabin. Well, thank you for joining me today, and welcome to the Spiritual Warrior Coach Podcast. I'm your host, Barbara Sabin, and I am here to help you reclaim your power, your energy, and your authentic self. I am a certified clinical medical hypnotherapist, Reiki master, and teacher, energy healing specialist life coach, and best-selling author of Gentle Energy Touch, The Beginner's Guide to Hands-On Healing. You know, I have been helping my clients for over 35 years, and the older I get, hmm, the more wisdom seems to come through. So isn't it time that you believe in yourself? You know, your mind is going to provide you with your greatest challenges in life because it's so very, very powerful. So let's use that mind for positive thinking, creating harmony, balance, peace, love, happiness, and anything else that your heart desires, because one day the world will tap you on your shoulder and say, this is your time to shine. And speaking about shining, I have her right alongside of me here. How are you, Patrice? <laughs> hi, hi. I'm really glad to, to join you today. Uh, and I really did, uh, I related to a lot of the things you just said in the intro. Um, I think what I wanted to share with everyone was uh, a journey that I've taken from when my children were little, my older children, and then I have a younger one, um, in helping them to be validated and to have self-worth and self-confidence, I needed to advocate for the both of them um, to make sure that they were able to reach their highest potential, their academic, social uh, you know, an emotional, uh, highest, you know, possible, you know, just feeling really good about themselves. I wanted them to have that. Having said that, um, the first step is to validate the children at yes. whatever level they're at. Um, my children, I have two, three children, two of which are special needs. And oh, I okay. found that the most important thing is to, to accept them as, as they are and to try to help them reach their potential. And in order to do that, you need to sometimes open up your heart and say, I accept what's coming towards me. And that's what I did with my son. Um, he was the older of my two children with special needs. Um, I also, I just happened to have the luck of having edited a book on autism when I was oh. in publishing year, like this is around 10 years before I had him, but I remembered things from that book. They just stayed in my head. When I started seeing behaviors, uh, another word for that is perseverations. I started saying, okay, I have to accept that there might be something here I need to deal with. And so I immediately had him assessed. Having said that, from there, that was the beginning of the journey. And that's the hardest part that I wanna reach out to parents and say, the first step is validation, acknowledging that your child has differences and in, in making sure that you educate yourself so that you're strong internally, that your heart and your mind work together to get past the first initial shock of it 
and then to just move forward, making yourself stronger so that you can help your child to, you know, move forward in school and education and other, other areas. So that was a very difficult thing because most people in my family on both sides of the family didn't accept it. So acceptance is the first piece. Yeah. That's what I wanted to share. Oh, thank you. That's, that's huge. You know, I always tell my clients, you know, what we tell our children that that that's a little seed that's planted in their head. And then if if the seed is not a good seed, like you're stupid, you're ugly, you're this, you're that, that seed over time, as they get older, becomes a huge tree, you want to say it grows. And then now they think that they can't do this, they can't do that, they're stupid, they're, you know, whatever the case may be. And it's, it's truly a shame that we're doing that to the, to these kids, you know, and also social media now plays a huge role in, in all of this. And really uh, they look at, you know, what's, what's on TikTok and all this, and they think, wow, that person has such a great life and everything, but that's not, it's not the case in most cases, you know, it's, it's all just, I feel just make believe. And then, then it makes like, especially a special needs child, feel even less valued than, than, you know, what he, what you, you're trying to, you know, help him, you know, bring himself up. It, it's, it's, it's hard. I think I feel, the, the, like, yeah. Yeah. What were you going to say? It's, I'm sorry. No, no, that's okay. What yeah. I was just going to say is when you're facing something that is heart wrenching and heavy in your mind, the best thing to do is to sit, look at the situation. And for me, being a single mother at that time, I was, I was still like married at the time, but he was absent a lot of the time. And he didn't validate that my son had these issues. And in my side of the family, as I said, no, neither side of the family could accept it. So I said, I'm just going to get information because of the fact that I read that book, everything leads to something else. And it was meant for me to read that book and edit that something just in, in the universe, put that in front of me. And that's what I held on to. And what I want parents to understand is after you have sat down uh, and decided, okay, I need to get help here. That's the major thing I said. Then uh, when it comes to a child with special needs, you need to you know, educate yourself about the developmental milestones. And there's plenty of information on that on the computer, anywhere you go on the internet, you can find that. Um, Your first place I would go and what I did was I went to my pediatrician. Now, at the time that I did that, and this is going, this is years ago now, he's 23. So go back 20 years, that's, it was a different type of outlook that the pediatricians had, they got more involved, frankly. So he directed me to a wonderful uh, neurologist who works with uh, children in New York City. It's on in the show notes. Her name was Isabel Rappin. And she was one of the people who coined the phrase on the autism spectrum. She contributed a tremendous amount to this field. Uh, she was out, out of Albert Einstein in, in the Bronx and her team is still there. She passed. She was older when she met my son. Um, but she will, she, her and her team have all been, they're on the same path. They're all trained in that way to determine if the child has has autism uh, or is on the spectrum. She did that. Once she did that, it started the wheels, they moved in motion and I moved forward with getting other evaluations. 
So once you get that, you know where you're going from there, then you can make sure that you all of the, the specialists you work with are on the same page. When you have a child in, you know, usually the, the some of the behaviors, in my case, it started at 24 months, I started noticing some of the traits of autism, such as um, doing repetitious motions. Um, there was, a, he wasn't speaking yet. Now this doesn't happen with everyone, but here's some of the basic things that there's certain food sensitivities. There was the lack of eye contact. There was the perseverations, including lining items up, um, including doing repetitious motions, turning on lights up and down, you know, on and off, doing motions like this or this or this, which are all self-soothing. Um, those are some of the different things that, that popped up for me. Um, <clears throat> and then immediately, like I said, I had him evaluated personally, privately. And from there, once I got the diagnosis from the MD, then I approached the school district. Then I asked for an evaluation and then cutting to the chase, they provided him with early intervention. Early intervention helped him to, by using ABA, Applied Behavior Analysis, it was able to help eliminate a lot of those perseverations by conditional um, by, by helping him condition them out. That's what they, they were doing for him. Um, so they would give reinforcing um, things for appropriate behavior. Um, and that's how they help to extinguish some of the, old, the, other, the behaviors that are not productive um, and whatnot. Having said that, once you have early intervention, you're in the system of the school, you just need to maintain and ensure that your child is evaluated um, according to the school district on a regular basis and make sure that they get the services they need. Now, what are some of the, you know, cause I know some of the schools do not have the services. Okay. You know, um, so what are the services that, that a parent with a special needs mm -hmm. child should be looking for? Okay, so what I'm gonna, the way I'm gonna answer that is I'm going to also tell you that, you know, obviously special needs, there's all different types of special needs. For example, my daughter, was born at 30 weeks. So she's a premature baby. She developmentally didn't, um, she hasn't been reaching her milestones because she's delayed. Uh, and sometimes there's not always, um, there could be an issue with brain bleed when a child's born early, not always. They evaluate at the hospital for that. And that could also contribute along with being born early itself to the child not reaching the developmental stages at the ages you would think they would need to. However, with early intervention and support, they can catch up. And, and what does it matter in the long term? As long as they get there, you know, there's a different way to get to a mall. You can go on the throughway. You can go on the back roads. As long as they get there at some point for themselves, that's all that matters, you know. But some of the services um, that are under the umbrella of special needs are the following. Okay, there's feeding. And feeding doesn't always apply to a child who's um, significantly uh, impaired. For example, my daughter has a swallowing issue. Okay, she has a difficulty swallowing properly because the tone in the lower jaw is weak, which is a developmental thing. So she has a little bit of an issue swallowing. That also, now, so what that does, that also could, Im could impair their speech development. So there's swallowing therapy, there's speech therapy. The person who would evaluate for a swallowing would be a speech pathologist. 
um, they usually can determine that. Um, <clears throat> and then they, pro they provide oral, facial, muscular uh, strengthening. That's what she's receiving uh, as her, with her outside independent uh, service of speech. Speech will um, help them with not only cognitive uh, development where they're able to have receptive language, where they're able to process language coming at them, and then they, that they would be able to respond with expressive language, but also formulation of language of, of the sounds, which is articulation. So all of that is under the umbrella of speech. Then there's occupational therapy, which occupational therapy helps them with fine motor skills, such as uh, using scissors, crayons, pencils. It helps with their strength. Because again, with my daughter, she's, she's weaker in the hands. So they help with strength. They also help them with upper body in some cases, which is the core. So they have better posture. So they're able to sit at the desk for periods of time and work. Then there's gross motor, which is uh, physical therapy. Gross motor has to do with the large muscle groups in the body. So that would be the legs and the, you know, and also include the upper, the trunk, but also the legs and the coordination, the ability to move physically. Um, as far as strength-wise, the coordination, uh, hand-eye coordination, catching a ball, et cetera. So those are, that's that. Um, then there's also, uh, so speech, occupational therapy, physical therapy, um, feeding. Um, there's also a resource room, which is another service where they, perhaps a child is mainstreamed and mainstreamed means they're in with the typically develop, uh, developing peers. So that's like a full, a full classroom. So for that could be here in New York, it's anywhere from 20 to 25. Um, that's what mainstreaming is. So when some one scenario is a child's mainstreamed, then they're pulled out for to a separate room with a, either an individual or a small group of instruction for reteaching. Um, so it's material that it's, it goes at a slower pace. They have a little more attention to make sure that they grasp the material, okay? So that's that. Um, then there's, um, there's also, uh, there's different, um, I guess you would call apparatus. For example, um, the teacher might have a microphone. That's, that's an accommodation for a child who might need that. Preferential seating for children who might have visual impairment. Um, the different tools for perhaps visual impairment to help them to develop with, within the school district if perhaps it's not, they're not at a, um, a special school for children with visual uh, issues. If they're at a mainstream, they might just have the special, for example, uh, they would have something at their seat to help them as a visual reminder of perhaps what's on the screen in front of them on the smart board. So it's closer up so they can see it, better seating. Um, and they might also have that for a child who has hearing, they would have preferential seating. A child with ADHD who has attentional issues would also have preferential seating in the front. Uh, the teacher wearing a microphone, like I had said, perhaps they might wear um, headphones. They might have a Dynavox, which is a device that helps them to um, be included in the classroom. And it, it has could have pictures on it that might help a child who's on the spectrum. And then there's all the different softwares and computer, um, different types of software and different types of devices to help them. There's... Um, uh, there's ramps and things that they use in physical therapy balls. There's also for their classroom, they can have a cushion, a special cushion that allows them to do this. 
which you might think is distracting, but some children need to physically move in order to focus more. They have bands for the bottom of the chairs and actual chairs that are a little different. So those are some of the different things you can request in, in addition to a teacher assistant who could be a one-on-one, -on -one, which means they work directly with the child, a shared teacher assistant who works and in the classroom and looks at both all, you know, maybe three children and helps to reteach, refocus, redirect a child. Those are just some of the things. So these services are, are back east where, where you are in New York City. Do you, oh, you, do you can, think you yeah, can you get, can get them, them in different areas? The bottom line is you need to find out because wherever you are in the country, if you educate yourself and find out and validate from a specialist and outside independent, that would be a neurologist, a pediatric neurologist, a developmental, um, that would be perhaps a physician, physician's assistant to help with children who are born early. That's what we had. Um, all different types of specialists who can validate the needs. They can also um, get an outside independent that would be a central auditory processing evaluation to determine if the child has difficulty um, blocking out background noise. Okay. That would also validate preferential seating, microphone for the teacher, headset for the child. That would, that's something there. But what you need to do is you need to find out first, the first step is to find out what your child would benefit from to get a diagnosis from an MD is what the way I've always done it, okay? Um, you can even go, I, I've also gone so far as to had outside independence for speech and OT that I've done myself so that it's impartial and it's outside the school district because a lot of the ones that are within the school district work with the school district and you have to be careful that there's not a crossover there. You want to, like what I do, I go to a different state. I go to New Jersey and I get my evaluations. I live in New York. Oh. That's what I do. Okay. So I know that they're my advocate. Okay. So it doesn't matter what's, what, where you are in the country. If you educate yourself, get the MD, get the validation, you approach the school district, they are required to provide your child with an environment that will help them to reach their academic goals. Now, what if that, that, that particular school that they're going to does not have the resources? Then they have to get them. So does the they school need then, to get them. Yep. They need to get them. Okay. Mm -hmm. So that's something that the school, you know, we're talking about a public school or a private school? Oh, yep, public. Public. They're required so to get these things. They're required to do so by law. The problem oh, really? is, here's the problem. Here's the sticky part. And this is where Patrice... Who lives, I live in New York, come from parents from the Bronx and Manhattan. I'm a little bit snarky and I'm going to give you that. Um, the bottom line is they'll tell you no. The squeaky wheel gets yeah. the, what's that? Grease, right? Grease. Mm -hmm. Remember, in order to have peace within yourself as a parent, you need to know that you've uncovered all, you've uncovered all the rocks and that you've looked everywhere and that you checked everything out so that you can go to sleep at night saying, I got my child what they need. I know I'm entitled to it. I'm paying taxes. What's, what's the taxes for? Mm -hmm. So the point is the following, they will say no if what you're passive. Oh yeah, I'm dealing with it right now. Anyway, the bottom line is, is that it's not easy. It's not easy getting these services. I'm gonna give you it straight. It's really not. 
but the first part is to learn what they are, how they would benefit your child, and make sure you have an outside independent, whether that's just a pediatric neurologist, they are, you know, they can help guide you. Uh, oftentimes now, this we're jumping forward now 20 years now. Now the new pediatricians, it's a little different. It's a little bit different. They want to keep it separate between school and medical. Years ago, they did tell you, they did guide you. And that's where my, my pediatrician, who was amazing, uh, back then that he guided me to Dr. Rappin. Nowadays, they will definitely guide you um, in the sense that if they need an ear, nose and throat eval, uh, if they need a hearing eval, that type thing. But they, and they might know of some local neurologists, but it's up to you to talk to the neurologist once you get that appointment to tell them what you think, what your concerns are, and then they can guide you further. Now, another type of, I wanna just give you this, another bit of information. There's different types of evals, as you know, OT, occupational therapy, physical therapy, speech, but there's also one that's really, really amazing that I just got. It's a neuropsych. That's given by a pediatric psychologist. A neuropsychological evaluation, it lasts, uh, they usually administer it over two days and it's around, I think, um, three hours each day, but it has breaks. But it depends on how quickly your child does the evaluation pieces. So that is a full-scale evaluation that's independent and it, it tests for OT, PT, speech, academic. It also evaluates for ADHD and behavioral. So it did every, it, it takes everything and puts it in one spot. So if I was to say to you, okay, you can either go the route of getting separate P, uh, PT, OT, speech evals, and then speak to a neurologist, or you can do one. You, you can go for a neuropsychological and the neuropsychological often would work with, they would, they would do a complete report that tells you everything your child needs, all the areas of their weakness, physical or cognitive. And then you take that report. This is, the, this is what I did. I did all of it. <laughs> so I got that. Then I brought that to the, psych, the, the neuro, neurologist. I took the neuropsych, brought it to the neurologist. He gave me the prescription. And the prescription says whatever the, the child's disability is. And it also says the items that are listed in the neuropsych, because they often give you IEP goals or, or they, and not goals, they give you IEP services that they think that child needs. So your neurologist essentially will validate it. So you've got the psychological piece that has all of the academic and physical, and then you get the seal of approval from your neurologist. There's not a lot that the school district can dispute. They'll try to though. So what's the next step? Do you yeah. know what the next step is? I have no idea. My well, God, I mean, there's so much to this. Oh, no, it's wow. I know, but okay. So the next step, unfortunately, could involve an advocate who is really on their toes and who really has the ability to speak back to the school district when they, when they try to deny. Someone who really knows their stuff, you can do that. Another option is going the route of the special education lawyer. So what happens there is, from my experience, okay, this is my experience now. You pay your whatever your, uh, like you have to have a consultation fee. All right, so they, some lawyers will do the free consultation, some won't, depends on where you are. After that, they might or might not ask for a retainer or they might have you do hourly. 
essentially giving it to you plain, giving it to you straight from one New Yorker to another. All you have to do is have that lawyer sit there. They just have to sit there and then they don't even, if you have all the evaluations and you review it with your lawyer, you'll come down with a sheet of boom, 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 boom. That's what I want. I want one, two. Once you do that and they know that you have a lawyer, they're not going to, you're not going to have to go to due process. That's where you fight the school district. You're not going to have to go there because they don't like seeing the lawyer. And I will tell you, it's very uncommon to have the lawyer there. Having What I mean by that is usually people, and, and this is what I want people, this is where I want to talk to the parents. When the school district shuts you down, it's not years ago, way, way back when I was a kid, where parents say, the school district knows. Because what they'll say things to you, such as, you have a very beautiful child, a very nice child, a very polite child, a very charming child. They're going to butter you up. They just are. Then they're going to say, very, very bright. Uh, I don't think they need this, that, or the other. I know it's awful. It's diabolical, right? But that's what mm -hmm. they do. They're, and, and you want to know something ironic about that is one of my son's um, IEP evaluations, they put the wrong kid's name in there. So my son is not the name that they had in there. You know what that tells me? That they have it as a template somewhere and they just pop in the new kid's name. You see? Wow. You got so to remember. Have planned you have event. to know this, this, but you, you have, have to, to know. know. All right. So what am I saying to you? I'm saying it's a, it's a journey, but once you get to that point where they know you have either an advocate who's not going to back down and it's best, make sure you get an advocate outside your school district, because um, unfortunately, if you get an advocate who's working with the school district, they're going to downplay everything you need and work against you in the meeting. And I'll tell you why. Two things. One of my meetings at the beginning with my son, I had a, I had a parent advocate sitting there and I had a, a psychologist that I thought was independent, but wasn't. And here's why. Okay. The advocate started taking what I was asking for and downplaying it. Oh, and I'm going to tell you why. This is my theory. Now, this isn't definite, but this is my theory concerning that. Their child already got what they need. So they sit there and advocate against the families coming in. And it's not always the case. In this case, it was. So they got what they needed. And as their kickback, if you will, they sit there and they downplay what the, the one coming in is, the family coming in needs. It's not right. It's not okay. It happened to me. So I had her step out of the meeting. And I, I said, I would like, oh, can I talk to you outside? I said, I need you to step out of the meeting. And then for the next time, they'll ask you if you want a parent advocate, say no, don't oh, do it. Okay. I'm just going to give, I'm just saying it plain. I'm sorry. I want to oh, no, help. I appreciate it. I got to tell we, them the right thing. Yeah. That's people need to thing. know this. Of yeah. course. That's the first thing. Don't, they're not going to help you. You got to do it yourself. You're going to have to, unless, unless it's a, an advocate who's outside your school district, make sure they don't live anywhere in that area. Okay, you just need someone from New York. You don't need someone from your, your area. So look further. Secondly, um, if you get a psychologist that's local within your school district parameters of you know the radius, yeah, that's what happened. She did the same thing. She actually said to me, you need to listen to the school districts. They know what's best. Oh, I said, oh, could you step outside? I said, here's your 150 for coming as an independent to the meeting. You can step out now. The school it district does not have you the child's best interests. Out, you have to get them not in that school district area. The radius of your home, 
So she, this, this particular individual wasn't even in my school district, but she was in the next school district over, but she, which that's what she did in the meeting. That's what she did. So you got to get someone not there. I would go, <laughs> I don't know. I would even go, I went to Jersey. I don't know what to tell you. I went to Jersey. Um, so somebody okay. in California would go out of their district. Then. I would, I would at least mm -hmm. it, like maybe even a half hour away, half hour away will be okay. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry. It's what you have to do. Now, the other thing is, again, like I had mentioned, yeah, when it comes to these outside independents uh, and like years ago, they said, oh, well, you know, there's a certain form you have to fill out to get an outside independent. And then the school district will, will supposedly pay part. No, that doesn't happen because they'll make you jump through hoops. They'll tell you that they'll partially pay. They don't end, they don't end up doing it. So you have to expect that. They're not, they didn't with my son. That was 20 years ago. They didn't help with him. I had to pay out of pocket. It's an investment in your child. I don't know what to tell you. Personally, for me, we didn't travel and do anything fun during the process of me doing this. All the money went into getting him the advocate, getting the lawyer. I, I didn't travel and take any family trips. We just hung out, did our thing. And I got his education in order. So yeah, having that lawyer, yeah, you might pay a retainer. You might not, depending. Try to work it out with your lawyer and say, hey, look, all I need is for you to go into that first CSE meeting with me, have your little card there, sign Esquire when they ask you who's signing in, and they're probably going to back down. Go back down. And if they, they really, they don't want to go to due process. No. So you have to try, I would suggest working through that with you, because they're not going to need, it's not a long, it's not going to be a drawn out thing. They'll discuss that with you in your consultation. You just need them to sit there. And how long did it take for you to get all everything that all you right. needed. Well, I want to tell you how long it, right. So getting all that stuff together, uh, I'm going to say, I don't know, two, three months, got all that. Mm -hmm. I got that all done. Um, what I want to say also is um, here's what ended up happening. Okay. So at some point, this is, I'm giving them this, I want to give you this story. So my ex said, I, he was in an integrated class. That's another thing I wanted to tell you. So there's mainstream, which is typically developing children. Then they pull your child out for extra support. And they push in perhaps to have a TA help facilitate. Another option is integrated, which is half typically developing children and half special ed children. So they have peer models so that the children can learn from the other children. Then there's um, contained classroom, which are just special education children. And that might be um, broken down in specifics within the school district. So those are different uh, settings so that you understand that. Um, but Okay, so fast forward after my son was doing terrific. He got all the supports, everything he needed. My ex came in and said, I want him mainstreamed. We mainstreamed him. You know what that is? Having a child on the spectrum in a mainstream classroom. My son is a very shy person, always was, was not behavioral. So he just hung out in the back of the room and just played with stuff in his desk. And he didn't learn anything because they no. didn't facilitate him. And it was too big. Why a class. would he do was, that? Why would your husband, the ex-husband do that? Oh, let's not go down that path. Oh, let's not go. But anyway, <laughs> um, so yeah. So anyway, here's the thing. So I'm going to give you this. You're going to, this is a good, possibly a helpful thing. All right. So he was mainstreamed. He wasn't learning. I was on top of the teacher talking to her on a regular basis. He was getting like thirties and things like this. So finally, I just called for, you know, to be reconvening with the meeting. Uh, and we, uh, I sat there with his IEP and um, we had my son, I took him and I had my, my older sister interviewed him. Now she doesn't see him very often. So he looked at her like as if she was a teacher. He didn't, you know, hadn't seen her that much at that point. So 
she said, where do you take your tests? He goes, oh, with the other kids. When do you finish your test? Oh, with the other kids. And then she asked him right down, she went down every single accommodation. So we had that, submitted that to the CSE meeting. I had my lawyer next to me. I said, hi, this is an out, this is, this is an IEP. It's a legal document. You didn't adhere to it. Here's what I'd like you to do. I'd like you to provide him with a full scholarship to this school that's nearby that will facilitate him. Or we can go to due process, put the papers in my mailbox in two days. And then from there, we'll be good. Or we can go to due process. What do you think was in my mailbox two days later? And he stayed at that special ed school that facilitated him from third grade or fourth grade rather until high school. So normally would parents have to pay for a special school? That's the thing. They would have to if they didn't, if they if they're not providing your child with something in district. In district. They should you, you have to well, you have to get the lawyer though. So mm -hmm. you need to look around, find schools, go visit them. I visited. Make sure you find a school that will facilitate your child if they're not going to get the supports there. If you find a school that's nearby, mine was mine was further away. It was in Teaneck. So mm -hmm. it was a 45-minute, but it was a beautiful school. So they did that. Now, the thing is, is that they, like every meeting from that point forward, and you have a yearly meeting, I always had one of my, one of the lawyers or the paralegal and they're like, why do you have counsel here? And I said, well, just because we're going to go have lunch after. She's just hanging out for the meeting. She just wants to sit here for a few minutes because they knew that if, if you back down from it, you don't always have to do that. They're not going to take, once you have that, that lawyer sitting there once, they're going to know you're going to go there. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean you have to though. Mm -hmm. You have to be able to, to, to stand up for your child. So how old is your son now? 23 just graduated Dean's List from uh, a college nearby. Wow. And this is a child who had perseverations where he would do this and this. He wasn't speaking till he was four, no eye contact with early intervention and you follow through. And, and not only that, once they, at the high school level, look in your area, find, uh, here we have Access VR. What that is, is that's, that helps you build, bridge your child from high school till after high school, whether it's vocational, whether it's starting their own business, whether it's going on to work, they will give them driving lessons for free. If, you, if, you're, if you've been working with them, that's, that's what they'll do. They'll also help you place your child in a wonderful placement with companies that have programs to facilitate children on the spectrum and children with special needs. They won't be disrespectful to your child. Your child will not be treated badly. And again, you can go to sleep at night and say, my child's working with a wonderful love, love job coach. Mm -hmm. it's, it, you have to just find the resources in your area. So I listed on the notes I sent you, there's a series of books that are helpful. One of the books is called The Educational Battlefield, written by uh, a man called Andrew Cuddy. He actually is the one whose law firm, I know, over in Westchester, New York. There's also a series of books there's some websites that offer vocational information and uh, post high school information. There's different associations. So it's, I hope it'll be helpful to the parents and the family and the caregivers of children with a spe special needs. There's a, there's a lot of children with special needs and parents just don't know what to do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So now so, I, I know you have a website uh, acorn uh -huh. acorn I think it is, right? Yeah, it's called acorn to uh, learning. It's the actual company's uh, acorn to tree learning grow. 
what I what I have on there is all free resources for families. Everything on there is free. There's no trials. Uh, I have affiliate links for products and stuff because that's the one way to monetize. But I didn't want to to put anything on there where people have to put their credit cards in to get the resources. Get the There's resources. everything from pregnancy, nutrition, math, OT, speech, PT, English. There's, there's so many things there broken down from babies and toddlers all the way up to high school. So they have math. They have all these different things that are all free. I've, I've actually looked at every single one of them and there's around 1,100 resources. I looked at every one. And the reason I created that website, it started because when COVID hit, I was worried about my daughter and I was worried that she wasn't gonna be able to get enough resources to help her. So I started, I said, let me look, I was looking online. I said, I don't want to keep my daughter sitting there waiting for me. Let me just throw everything into a website. So I started with Wix. Now it's WordPress and it's available in 14 languages. Oh my. Wow, boy, you've done an incredible, I, I, I mean, I, I cannot say what you've done is unbelievable. Well, I've tried I mean, to do, it's my children. Parents, old parents should be like you and not give up. No, I didn't. It takes a lot for me to give up. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, I could see that. And now, how old is your your daughter? She's she just turned six, um, okay. and I had to hold her back. That's something else I wanted to share. I had to hold her back in preschool one year. She wasn't where she needed to be, uh, academically, developmentally, cognitively. She needed to. So I'm working with her at home. Uh, next year she'll be attending kindergarten. But don't be afraid if your gut instinct says. If your child is in a preschool setting that has academic, sometimes they don't. They might not have that, but some schools do. My school does that she's in. They talk to the teacher, say, how do you feel, whatever. And they'll tell you, especially if it's a, if it's a preschool, because oftentimes that's, you have to pay for preschool and they'll tell you honestly what they, they you know, see in the classroom. And, and you can fill out a form called the, here in New York, it's called the Connors form. And in New Jersey, I think it's called the Vanderbilt. It's an assessment form where parents write down, like you check off, how often does your child uh, have a tantrum? How often does your child uh, get distracted, et cetera? And it'll help to determine where your child might be. And your, you can get your teacher to fill it out as well so that you get an, like an objective uh, view of it. Mm -hmm. So that's part of the process of evaluation. Um, I'm also going to be adding to the website right now. I have a, I have a book on there about birds. You're like, what is that? I have a parrot. I like birds. So I wrote a book and it's on the website. I just threw it on there. Um, but I also, uh -huh. I'm going to have a book on premature babies, bringing your preemie home, how to advocate for your special needs child, special education law. And I'm going to have also, um, how to help, how to guide your child on the autism spectrum. These are four books I'm working on that are going to be eBooks that I'll put on there at some point. I didn't get to them yet. I'm still working on it. I just finished the website. So, but uh, just remember you're entitled to getting your child, whatever services they need so that your child can develop emotionally, physically, and cognitively to their highest capabilities. You're entitled to this. You pay taxes. This is what it's for. And they'll say they don't have these things. Yes. Mm -hmm. they I will. know I have clients that, that that's why I actually sorted you out because I have clients with special needs children. And when I found you, I said that this would be ideal because a lot of them are given the, you know, rejection. No. Oh, we can't there you go. Mm -hmm. and, and it amazes me 
how many of them this child is suffering plus being bullied from other children of course that's that's another another piece of it oh i forgot one of the services is social Mm -hmm. social skills that's another thing social skills train now your school district might offer it they might include it if your child's in a speech class that's group they have social skills oftentimes but there's programs within your community i'm sure there are you should check it out check out um also on the website, if you're not able to attend, or if there's no places nearby, some of the some of the resources you can find online for social skills, helping your child, you sit with your child, your two of you, they might have a cartoon, they might have something uh, so that your child can learn from it. Because a lot of times, children who um, are on the spectrum, they don't understand figurative and literal language, they have a difficulty determining the difference between two, they can't tell, um, they can't necessarily determine what sarcasm is. They can't mm-hmm. read people's faces. They don't know social, you know, that, you know, certain how to stand and not be in someone's personal space. These are all part of social skills and they can learn a lot from that. So that's something you should definitely look on. If you go on the computer and you look in Google and you look on social skills for children with autism, oh, everything will pop up. Everything will pop up. You'll find stuff. That's why that's why I created my website. I have a section for autism on there. Um, and I also have special education on the website. But you can find more resources online. Uh, you just have to make sure that you monitor it and you check um, and see. Um, I have speech on my website also, so there might be some stuff in there. There's some great speech therapists. So now you you have just the two children or you have three? I have three children. My other daughter is oh. actually a nursing student. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And she's fine. Everything's yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. So um, she's, yeah, she's really, she's good. She's very, very tough and very strong and very driven. And she wants to be an ER nurse. Like the mom. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Well, I'm, I wish <laughs> I went down the path of nursing and I said, you know what? I don't have the math. I, I gotta, I gotta do something else. That's why yeah, I said, let me fun. do this. You know, some people, Hey, you have to know your weaknesses, you know? But, yeah, uh, but this what you're doing is an incredible strength. I mean, you're helping. This should be like a, this should be mainstream. Well, the thing I want to tell you also is, like I had mentioned before, make sure that once your children, your child has the services, make sure that you get you check because they'll try to take the services. Oh, he's doing so much better. I think they just need speech once a day or once a week. Oh, they might start doing that. And you know what? Another thing that's really important now, nowadays, a lot of these CSE meetings are virtual and I don't like it because it's very easy to shut down a parent in that medium Oh yeah. by talking yeah. over, by switching and talk, you know, pulling in another person from the meeting and talk to them while you just shut the parent. That's what I don't like because when you're in person, that doesn't happen. So that's rough. That's another thing that parents today are facing that they're doing that and it's not because of the mask situation it's a way to shut down the parent and not i can't explain it. i just had mine virtually it's first one i ever had virtually was not good they shut me down i'm like oh i just sat there just to listen to what they were saying and i was like oh they're not going to give me a chance to talk i'm not going to get i'm not going to no. get deterred mm-hmm. power is knowledge knowledge is power get it mm-hmm. Get the validation for your child, get strong, and, and you'll you're gonna get whatever you need. You know, you just eventually my my long-term goal at some point is to is to do some type of an advocacy program 
where I can advise people and whatnot in the future. Uh, that's, that's in the future. Right now, I'm not there. Right now, I'm just I'm helping her. But I would love to be able to be involved with something like that because it's not fair. There's so many children. And listen, it doesn't matter if your child, child's disabled. It's about funding. And it's about pushing away as many people as you can because they don't want to pay for it. I don't know what else. I hate to say that, but it's true. Now, some it's, school it's districts. I see that here in California with a lot of the my clients. They, they will not pay for it. They'll tell mm-hmm. them, well, maybe you need to put your child in a special, you know, school or a private school or, or something, but that child is suffering. And unfortunately, um, unless you have the means to take that child out of that public school and put them in a private a- area, um, the, the parents are lost. I know. But the thing, the one thing you have to also do is check your insurance, check your insurance, find out um once you get i mean honestly an insurance company they can't dispute an md where if you get an md that's with either with a provider on your insurance or not either way if you get the validation this child's on the spectrum right there this your insurance once you get that and you submit that to your insurance they can't dispute it so if you need to get a neuropsych evaluation you can find out from your insurance the what it would be is a pediatric psychologist. Now, some of them can, some of them can't provide, all, do all these outside ind- independent evals, but check your insurance, get the, get the MD, then check your insurance and find out if they have on, on one of the providers there, if you're required to do that. Um, see if you have a, a pediatric psychologist, contact as many of them as you can and say, do you do full scale neuropsychological evaluations for academic and physical needs for my child. Get them to do it. Um, now, I'm in New York. I don't know what the, I don't know what it is out in California, but here, yeah, it was expensive. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And a lot of times they won't, they won't let you put it on the credit card or maybe they will. Depends. In oh, some cases, they might take the payment with PayPal. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think with PayPal, can't you put, I think you can put a credit card in there. So if yeah, you can't you can. pay, you can, right? So that they don't care how you, how they, as long as they get the insurance, they get the insurance of being paid with the pay, because they'll probably want the payment ahead of time because you know that's what happens. It's expensive. Yeah. Yeah, it's so expensive. what they do is if you do it through PayPal, you put it on the credit card, you don't go to Disney that year. I don't know what to tell you. I know it's awful. Your child's more important. You don't get so many Christmas presents. You gotta, yeah, you're gonna exactly. have to cut back. You're gonna, I know mm-hmm. it's tough and I feel bad. I know, uh, but that's what you have to do. And then long-term, it's going to pay off when your child walks across that stage in high school, in junior high, in elementary, and they're smiling because they feel good, because they have excellent teachers facilitating them. Because a lot of the specialist teachers, you know, they really care. They really try. They go the extra mile. Yeah, I have one teacher that I, I know very well, and she's special ed. And she just loves these children and does everything in her power to help them. Mm -hmm. Same. That's what I mean. The Mm -hmm. thing is, is that it's kind of like, Mm. it's kind of like the CSE meeting is like a gatekeeper. They sift off the people who are going to shrink off and walk away. If you have either a Zoom or an in-person CSE meeting, you know what you need to bring? A picture of your child in a frame. And you put that right in front of these people. It matters. It makes a difference so that they can't look at that picture and be so quick to, 
to not give them the services. I know it sounds old school and it sounds archaic. Do it anyway. You have to do things. You have to do whatever you need to do. Mm-hmm. I mean, period. As a parent, you have to do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so that's that's what I have to say about that. Um, Don't take sorry. no for an answer. <laughs> nope. Not me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, coming from Brooklyn, I never took no for an answer. Right, right. So I know with you, I mean, you know, we're both uh, East Coasters. Yeah, it's yeah. no, no is not an out vocabulary many a time. No. So, no, no, yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, so, yeah, that's what that's what my advice would be is just wow. keep it in the back of your mind. You're entitled. And as far as um, a special education school, uh, if if. I mean, more often than not, they just don't want to facilitate. In some cases, they might need a special education school. Having said that, like I told you 20 years ago, I got them to pay because they're supposed to find a placement in that school district for your child somewhere. If it doesn't Mm -hmm. exist, they have to create it. If they can't create it, they send your child somewhere. Yeah. And it's up to you to find the place. I found the place. Well, that's it. I think most most people, for some reason, they, they try very hard, but they just can't find. Uh, no, I get that. I get that yeah. completely. Then they have to create it there. Don't tell me there's not OTs, PTs, and speech, and there's not special ed oh, teachers. They got to get them in there. They got to pay they for it. They have to get them in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even a lot of the, the children that aren't even special needs need some of these, you know, programs. Because they're just full, they're, a lot of them, well, now with COVID, you know, that whole year of, of being online, a lot of these kids ha- are failing. I know. That's another reason I kept her back, my daughter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so always remember and never forget one year, one extra year of preschool where you can teach your child at home. And also Fine. you'll get, they're not going to remember when they're 23. No, not gonna no, remember no. just do it anyway just because you'll be like i don't know how many people i've like i did some research i mean i was going to do it anyway but i wanted to see if i asked on facebook one of my groups they all said oh it's the best thing i ever did like all of them said that no none of them said oh i wish i didn't do that none of them said that so my hold daughter, held my, daughter held my my uh, uh grandson back one year and he's fine exactly and he you know what happens yeah. yeah they go Good. into the kindergarten setting rather than being shy in the back, they know stuff already mm-hmm. and it makes a huge difference. Oh, it that does. confidence it will help them. Yep. Mm-hmm. So where can my listeners find you, your website, your <laughs> Facebook website. page? I mean, everything. I'm going to have it on the notes and everything. Yeah. But I so, mean, yeah. you are unbelievable. <laughs> if, if, you're <laughs> like you. a book of information, more information uh, than I've ever heard. <laughs> well, you know that I, I taught children as well on this, uh, who were nonverbal with autism. At one time. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I, I did. I was a special ed teacher and an elementary ed teacher, but I worked with special ed children. So, um, but anyways, having said that, yeah, it's acorntotree.com. I got the website. It's all done. I'm going to be adding to it. I'm going to add the podcast to it. I have one podcast on there so far because I'm just a newbie with being the host. So I have one. Uh, and then I'm going to be having in the kitchen with acorn to tree. But mainly the thing is, is that I have all of the resources and I even review books. And for parents, I review there are, there are books that help with parenting, all different areas, special ed, et cetera, books, educational and excellent books for children. And I also review educational toys, only educational toys that have a purpose. I don't just review anything. It's stuff that I already have. Most of the stuff I actually have, you should see my house. Oh. <laughs> but um, organized, but there's a lot. 
Um, anyways, all that said, so it's acorntotree.com. It's Patrice Badami. You could also find me under that. Um, and I have an Instagram. I have all that stuff. LinkedIn. So yeah, you know, reach out. If you have a question, definitely reach out on LinkedIn. Uh, I'll, I'll try to help you or direct you in some capacity with some questions. And uh, I hope I helped the parents a little bit today. So, you know, send me all your links so that I can put it on on the show. And uh, I'm going to get this this particular show out next week. Okay, because th this is important information that parents need to know. Yeah. Um, and I am. Uh, my gratitude to you is is unbelievable. Uh, well, I just want to reach amazing... as many people as possible. I mean, honestly, mm -hmm. that's why. Like, I have a developer; he's amazing. And I said, I want 14 languages. Maybe we'll add even more after that because I want people to. I want to reach everyone. It's all over the world. It's all over. There's mm -hmm. children who who need help everywhere, and um, you know, that's why I want to write those books. I want to write yes. those books and get those on there so that it's helpful. I have to figure out the whole language thing with that. I might do reading the books myself and figure out how to transcribe it in different languages. I have to figure out how to do that. So, yeah. I'm sure there's some programs now that we can, everything is so automated that there should be programs out there that translate. Yeah. I mean, I have on the website, I also have transcriptions. So for oh, okay. people who need that. Um, that's on there as well, but oh, uh, boy, you've done a lot of work. Wow. <laughs> wow. God bless you. That's God oh, bless you. you. God bless you. God bless you. <laughs> so I have to say, I mean, uh, you are a, a definitely a, an incredible, special human being. Oh, well, thank and, you. I, it, it's just, you know what it is. It's being a single mom. I, it was, I needed to do something to make sure they had what they needed. And, you know, I'm just glad that I, it happened for them. Well, this is what your purpose and passion is and what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. And it, it, it's probably why those children came into your life, your world, yeah. so that you can help others. Maybe that's true. I believe doubt. in that. I believe in mm -hmm. karma. Definitely do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So. Oh, well, so it's acorntotree.com. Mm -hmm. Okay. Acorn, A-C-O-R-N-T-O-T-R-E-E.com. Yeah. Make sure you go on there and check out <clears throat> all these resources that Patricia has put together for you. Uh, you know, and again, thank you so much for being a guest on my show today. You, I'm so uh, you glad. Have... I just want to reach as many people as I can yes. and just let them know any caregiver. It doesn't have to be a parent. It could be a caregiver. You have every right. When you pay your taxes every year, think about that. Remember, mm -hmm. you have the right. Your child deserves a free education that will facilitate them and to help them grow and live a normal, beautiful life. Yep. You know, definitely. again, thank you so much. And a big thank you to my, you know, listeners uh, for listening today. And I hope you definitely heard what you needed to hear because this was some important interview. Please check out the website, acorntotree.com. I'm going to repeat it again, acorntotree.com. You got to go on there because I know a lot of you, you know, have special needs children and check out Patricia's uh, website, please. And um, well, visit me at motivateyourlife.net <clears throat> and please subscribe to this YouTube channel, The Spiritual Warrior Coach. I'm on Spotify, Apple, Apple, 
Google, Amazon, International, on YouTube, it's everywhere. Um, and maybe for those of you interested in learning uh, energy healing, check out my book on Amazon, Gentle Energy Touch, The Beginner's Guide to Hands-On Healing. So again, thank you so much for listening. Check out again, I'm going to repeat it again, acorntotree.com <laughs> because people need to hear you and they need to, to know that there is help out there for their children. Mm -hmm. And um, just wishing everybody a beautiful week filled with love and with light. Love, Barbara.